Hi, this is your host, Rosaria Kozar. Please always remember to consult with your physicians before attempting any changes to your treatment plan. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Rosaria Kozar, and you're listening to Living with Scanxiety. I really appreciate you tuning in today. Now, we all know Scanxiety is to help prepare you for the road ahead. So today we're going to focus on a term. Now, it can be used for moms or dads for that matter, but in this episode, we're going to be using it from a mom's perspective. Once you get your diagnosis, you'll hear terms that are not exactly medically based. And I want to help you with this because this one in particular can be very scary. But like the diagnosis, you never signed up for it. This word, or better yet, concept, is called momcology. So I want to give a warm welcome to a mother of a cancer survivor. She started her life's work as a speech pathologist and now is a mother of two and on a new road as an activist and entrepreneur. She is one of my favorite momcologists because she embodies the entire idea. So welcome, Liz, and how are you doing today? Great. Hi, Rose and everyone. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your background story about your son? Sure. So Marco is now eight years old, but he was diagnosed with stage four high-risk neuroblastoma at the age of three and a half. Um, He didn't present with a lot of abnormal symptoms. Um, He had some pain in his leg and started limping and some fevers and things that were sort of, you know, not concerning as a mom. You just think it's kind of nothing to be concerned about. But upon further investigation um, and testing, they did find a mass in his abdomen. Um, And we were immediately sent to Boston Children's Hospital where Marco underwent 18 months of intensive treatment, including six rounds of chemotherapy, um, 10-hour tumor resection resection surgery, um, 12 rounds of radiation, stem cell transplant, MIBG therapy. As they call it, it's the uh, kitchen sink of treatment for that particular diagnosis. So he made it through all of it really um, doing very well and now just living normal. That's that's wild. The new normal, though. The new normal. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that'll be a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both a trooper. Yeah. So that brings me to my next question. Um, and the whole premise of this particular episode, uh, we're here to talk about momcology. So let's just dive right into that. Where did you even hear of the term? Yeah, that it was um, an interesting word for me to come across. I actually learned it from another mom who I met in the hospital. Our sons were going through the same diagnosis, the same treatment at the same time. And when you have kids that are young, they want to be out in the hallways. They don't want to be stuck in bed when they're feeling well. So Marco and I would be walking the halls all day when we were there and um I met several moms, but one in particular that we still are um, very good friends. And she was much more versed in the medical field than I was. I chose not to read a lot of literature. Um, I didn't do a lot of research on the topic because I felt more comfortable sticking in my lane. I, I didn't want to see statistics or, you know, no numbers because I really 
thought that our story was going to be our story. So um, this other mom was the opposite. She liked to read and kind of educate herself on everything. So she one day said to me, we're momcologists. We have to stick together. And I was not familiar with that. So, uh, but in the sense of the word, once you figure out what it is, it, it really is true. You do become your child's advocate and, um, you know, you trust the doctors and the nurses and the staff, of course, because they're very good at what they do, but it's also your job to question, um, and make sure your child is getting exactly what they need. So, um, you do, you become uh, uh, their person. And I, it's interesting that we have a, a word, a, a momcologist. <laughs> so essentially, it doesn't mean that we're actually oncologists. It means that we are the mom part of what's going on with our kids and the cancer and the treatments, etc. Yeah, like the caretaker that that is with them all the time, but needs to know the important stuff for sure. There are things that I had to do with Marco at home that I would never have envisioned myself doing, you know, administering medications through his pick lines and, um, through his NG tubes, all of that stuff that as a, as a new mom or a mom who never had been through such a, um, severe medical situation, I never would have envisioned myself having enough knowledge to, to do all of that, but you learn it. And, oddly enough, you, you do it and you, you do it because you have to, there's no one else that's going to do it for him. You know, you are his person. Um, so you, you learn and you do it because you have to. Did it make you gain a sense of confidence? Yeah, I think it did. Um, I do as much as when we, there were times when we came home from inpatient weeks um, with, uh, you know, TPN, which is the, the, um, IV nutrition. And it, it was so intimidating, but I knew that, like we keep saying, I was the only person that was going to do it. I had to be brave about it. Um, and I had to make him feel comfortable with it as well. So I guess my confidence came from making sure that Marco really, trusted what I was doing and knew that I was doing what he needed to do. Um, so absolutely. And, and having the terminology and the knowledge is, it is power. They say, you know, that whole cliche of knowledge is power, but it is, it does give you that sense of, I can do this. I can do this without knowing for myself. Like I said, I didn't like statistics. So that part, nope, I'm good with that. However, I was very comfortable with administering medications and knowing symptoms to look for and who to call when things needed to be addressed. So yes, I think it helps a lot in terms of giving your child the best care that they can get at home when they're not getting that care from the nurses. And for those momcologists that do like to read up on literature, where are they getting this from? Sure. I, well, my husband was a reader at the time. Um, he found a lot of Facebook groups that were dedicated to neuroblastoma treatments and um, experiences. And he would read a lot through those vent those websites. Um, and of course, you know, we all know the, the fabulous Google, um, but that can be, uh, it's a double-edged sword. You can get great information and you can also be misled, I think, um, 
depending on where you're getting your information. So I think if I were to, to say to a new family, um, just be careful about about what you take for for being truth versus this is someone else's experience. You know, I think that's probably one of the most important things that I learned was that our experience was ours. It was very different from what anyone else was going through. Um, so just being able to take it for what it was. And even when you read the difficult stories, whether it's on Google or on a Facebook forum, um, feel it, you have to feel it, you know, but, um, I think that as long as you don't let it really bring you down, you you got to be positive for your kid. And if they see you feeling that angst, they're going to sense that. And most hospitals, too, I just want to piggyback off that, um, do have some sort of library or support system or um, social workers and other people that can educate you on what to do outside of technology. So if you're someone that is scared of that technology, you can lean back on um, professionals. And definitely for the administration of the drugs and whatnot, you want to rely on your oncologist. The nurses, I think, are wonderful in terms of that part. The They're so supportive emotionally, but but it, so smart as well. So, you know, being able to, to pick their brains, they were just wonderful at guiding us. And then another part of oncology is, like you said, being your child's advocate, but also making them feel comfortable. So how did you do that at the hospital? So with Marco, he was so young. Um, we never used the term cancer with Marco. He... Um, we just told him he had a, a germ in his belly and oh, it's time for us to go to the hospital and have some medicine. And he never once was upset about going. Um, we made it fun. We brought fun blankets. We brought fun pillows. We brought games. We brought fancy nightlights. Um, one week we were in the hospital. Actually, it was a month of October and we missed trick-or-treating. And he said, mommy, can we bring candy? And I said, yeah. So we used to, we had, we even brought a, a doorbell, a wireless doorbell, and we put it on the outside of his room. And whenever the nurses came in, they would ring the doorbell and we would give them candy. Um, and as silly as that sounds, it passed the time and it, he remembers the positives of those things. Um, we tried to be careful with terminology with him and just make it, um, you know, as unscary as possible. Um, even now when it's to scan time, we'll say, okay, it's time for your pictures. We're going to go. It'll be quick. Um, he fortunately does not need to be sedated anymore, but when he did, we would say, you're going to have some sleepy medicine and there, take your picture and then you'll wake up and we'll get a donut. We'll go to McDonald's. <laughs> um, just really trying to give him something positive to hold on to no matter what we were going through. Yeah. And for those of you guys out there that don't know about why a child will need to be sedated for a scan, it's because they're so young, they wouldn't understand or know that they have to maintain complete stillness during the entire scan. So that's what um, that's what she's re Liz is referring to. So it sounds like you were having more fun than well, you were making it really fun for him. And so did this help you make friends while you were there? 
Absolutely. The nurses used to love it when we were coming in for our weeks of chemo because we tried, we did, we had a lot of fun. And I have to say, I enjoyed it. I think that um, I just tried to have fun with him the best I could, even when he was feeling really yucky. Um, And it did help me connect with people. The nurses felt like family after a while. And I was able to connect with other moms. Like I said, the one that we're still very good friends, but there's four other moms that, um, three others that I still connect with that were going through the same treatment for the same type of cancer at the time. So it was great to be able to bounce things off of one another and vent and use the terminology that we all were familiar with and sort of just be there for one another. It's an, it's something that you can only really talk about with someone who's been through it as well. Um, they understand it in a different way than anyone else. Yeah, because you can appreciate every single second that you have with your child mm. at a different level than um, somebody else that doesn't understand that what you've been through. Mm. Yeah. And um, I have to ask what suggestions you kind of this is you kind of gave some before about research, but what are other suggestions that you would have to give to parents of diagnosed of newly diagnosed children in relationship to momcology? Sure, I think um, go with your gut with the research part. Um, like I said, personally, it wasn't something that I found helpful, but I know a lot of moms who were the opposite and just wanted to read everything they could read and learn everything they could. If that's something that makes you feel in control in a situation that you really have no control in, then by all means read, but be careful about what you hold on to in that situation. And I think the other thing that really helped and something I was so resistant to in the beginning was just being able to connect with other moms that were there and going through the same thing. You're stuck in the hospital for weeks at a time and you're alone. It's great to be able to have somebody else there. So um, try to let yourself do that. I didn't for a long time. And once I did, I felt so good about it. And um, it made all the difference in the world for me personally, but everyone is different. So I think you know, find what's going to make you stronger and, and treat yourself, take a minute for yourself, go get a cup of coffee and take a minute to breathe. Um, take a shower when you can, as difficult as that seems in the moment, when you feel better about yourself, you're going to be a better caregiver to your child. Definitely. I 110% agree with that. It's hard to do too. I mean, uh, for the listeners on here, I've, been through this type of situation as well and um, it is really hard self-care is difficult but you have to take care of yourself to take care of somebody else especially um, your child that's sick so that's really important and what is it what is um, momcology and your entire experience really taught you about life itself and living life yeah I think it's it makes me appreciate every single day I am still blessed and lucky to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, my kids are both in school full-time now, so it's a it's actually been a huge adjustment, and I'm sad every day when I have to drop them off at school, and I miss them terribly. Um, but I'm also the type of mom who makes every second count as much as I can. Um, the weekends, I try to pack them with 
fun activities. We went apple picking as a family today. Um, even if it's as simple as we're all going to go for a walk with a dog, we're going to put our phones down. We're going to pay attention and just be present. Um, being present is probably the biggest, biggest thing I took away from all of it. And, um, I know it's hard in this day and age. We're all attached to our phones and I'm guilty as well. Um, but when you go through what, what we've been through, you realize that you're lucky to have this day, just this day is a blessing. So it's important to remember that. And it is something you learn through all of it. And, um, that's definitely true. I, but I just want to, um, add in that you have also changed your life a little bit. You've become the stay at home mom, but you've also become kind of an activist in a way and an entrepreneur by, um, changing what you do. I mean, you're not solely a stay at home mom. You do some work on the side. So do you want to just talk a little bit about that? How you've changed yourself? So I, it's been actually a really good thing. Um, I, I was a speech pathologist and I will continue that work eventually when it's time. Um, but right now while I'm home, um, I have a little side business and, um, it's LuLaRoe clothing. And what I've been fortunate enough to do is use it as a platform to raise awareness for childhood cancer, um, and do fundraisers periodically for organizations that I know are local, um, that I know provide money that they receive directly to where it needs to go. Um, we provide monies to Sherry's house, for example, they're a local organization that provides housing for families who need to be closer to the hospital for treatment. They provide gasoline cards, food cards, gift cards, backpacks for the kids when they need to go back to school. And it's all directly related to what they get as donations. It goes right to the source. Um, We've also been able to do a very big fundraiser every holiday season with binkies. So we, the NB five moms, the five moms, myself included, um, that met during our hospital stays, we do a big fundraiser every year and it funds, um, a whole bunch of blankets. And actually I'm going to Boston next week to deliver some of those to the Jimmy fund clinic, uh, in person, which is amazing. I absolutely love being able to see the smiles on the kids' faces, um, when we can hand them that super soft blanket, but, uh, it's amazing. It feels good to be able to do those things for people that are going through, such a difficult time. Um, you just remember what it feels like to be in the thick of it and just being able to help them a tiny bit with money or a blanket is it's so gratifying. Definitely going to make them smile next week. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm excited. It's like my favorite thing. We try to go every couple of months and it's such an awesome day. It's an awesome day. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just have to say thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, we really appreciate all you've contributed. Thanks, Rose, for having me. You're listening to Living With Scanxiety. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and visit my website at www.livingwithscanxiety.org.